right, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 18. What a weekend of football we had, Andy. Chiefs, Eagles, what a finish. Controversial mm-hmm. calls at the end. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about, right? Football? I mean, amazing. Yes, it's all about football and the controversial calls, either that the refs make or the players make or what we make uh, here on the podcast. So yeah. everything we could have won, Paul. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to break down the QB matchup. We're going to break down the tight ends, kickers, punters, everybody on this week's episode. Yeah, we're going to break down the center backs. We're going to break down the halfbacks. Um, all the all the things you want to know right here on the Super Subs. Oh man, what a terrible joke, Andy. How are yeah, you? <laughs> I am. I am doing well. I'm patched up, Paul, uh, from some crazy crazy skiing uh, incidents. Um, but all is well. All is patched up. We can go on more of what happened, but we won't have time for this podcast. Yeah, uh, well, I'm so. just I'm just glad you didn't pass out, and I'm glad Bridget didn't pass out with everything that that happened. So yes, I am I am very thankful for all that. We're all still intact, um, and glad to hear you two are you are doing well. You and Z uh, after a crazy weekend of <laughs> recovery, but in more viral uh, conditions yes. as opposed to. Uh, post to ours. Yes, yes. No, hey, everyone, everyone's standing, everyone's alive, everyone's on the mend. So, and that's kind of how I feel our teams, our teams were this weekend, Andy. I don't know about you. Yeah, that is a great, a great segue, Paul. Um, so yeah, tell me about how Barcelona embodied that, uh, embodied that in their matchups this week. Yeah, so Barcelona. Luckily, only had the one game this week, got a chance to rest up a little bit going into the Europa League coming up this week, which we will get into, but Barcelona played Villarreal yesterday, squeaked out another 1-0 win, back to their ugly winning ways, but honestly, start to finish, Andy, pretty dominating performance from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, they They definitely... Showed showed good resolve, had good possession. Villarreal picked it up a little bit in the second half and after Barcelona got the goal in the first half. But honestly, overall, just a pretty dominating performance. Uh, it was interesting to see what Barcelona would do without Busquets for a full game. And Frank Kessier honestly stepped up, had a really solid game, didn't do anything you know, amazing, anything that's going to necessarily show up on the top of a stat sheet. But... He was solid in possession, drew some really crucial fouls at times to allow Barcelona to keep possession, played good defense, and honestly played his role well. Frankie de Jong was great, kind of taking on that Busquets sort of role. And Pedri, again, he's been on a tear lately. He got into a really nice combination play with Rafinha, one-touch passing with Lewandowski, who flicked it to Pedri, who streaked in and scored. And it was just a beautiful goal, classic tiki-taka Barcelona football. 1-0, Barcelona go on to win. Last note about this, we apologize to our all our listeners because we're going to fly through a lot of these games because we have the big matchup coming up this week between Manchester United and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So, But just real quick, uh, Ronald Araujo right now, Andy, is one of the best center backs in the world, bar none. I mean, he is playing mm-hmm. at a really high level. He had a tough matchup this week against a really speedy striker. Uh, Villarreal played some good balls through through the Barcelona defense and over the top. And Ronald Rajo just chased this striker down and cleared the ball multiple times. And honestly, it's just it, – it's class A defending. Any kid should watch how Ronald Rajo plays as a center back. And mm-hmm. it's just it's, – it's a master class right now. 
Yeah, he sounds like a true defender's defender. And honestly, I agree he's one of the be- best center backs right now, and I think his best partnership would be with Lissandro Martinez uh, from Manchester <laughs> United, to be honest. Um, so I'm in, I'm in full agreement right now. <laughs> it's going to be very a very interesting matchup against Manchester United. Yeah. Um, just given what's happened this week and now hearing how well Barcelona is starting to gel, even without one of its major components in Sergio Busquets. Yeah. I wish you could say the same about United uh, right now, where we're Casemiro less, uh, and we had to f- dogfight for a two-all uh, draw against Leeds in a midweek game. This was a game that was postponed uh, because of the Queen's death earlier uh, in the year. So this was replayed in midweek, and yeah, United fell behind. United fell asleep in the first, uh, like the first couple minutes of both the first and the second halves. Uh, but found a way, kept pressing on, um, really tenaciously fighting back for their, uh, for their tie. And then just yesterday on a true War of the Roses, uh, fight, for those of you that don't know, Leeds versus Manchester United is called the War of the Roses or the Roses rivalry, um, in reference to a rivalry that started way back in the 14th century where I think 14th, 15th century, excuse me, uh, between two houses of the Plantagenet Kings of England. One was house Lancaster, which is in the region of where Manchester is and the region of York, uh, where Leeds is. So this is a historic rivalry, which I love history. I love rivalry. Um, so to see this unfold was awesome. Uh, specifically so awesome because United got a two nil win with Marcus Rashford again getting the go-ahead goal and polishing it off with a Alejandro Garnacho amazing run uh, from halfway line. So we're we're looking good, but you know we'll go into more of what we're Paul and I are kind of thinking leading into uh, the next or the big game that's going to happen here on Thursday. Yeah. So looking forward to discussing that. Um, Paul, do you want to get into the league so we can get into the biggest matchup uh, specifically of this podcast, uh, yes. of Barcelona United? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, just a quick, uh, shot into Spain. I guess technically these games were held in Morocco, but Real Madrid won the Club World Cup this past week. And so they were out of action in La Liga. So congratulations to them, to all of the Real Madrid fans out there. Um, wow, you're saying congratulating Real Madrid. That I, is, I, I gotta be, I gotta try to be neutral every once in yeah. a while, Andy. It came off pretty effortlessly, you know. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like there was that much struggle behind that. It sounds like you're getting a little bit uh, softer in your age. <laughs> My old age, I'm getting softer. I think I'm going the <laughs> other way. I'm just, just trying to keep it as neutral as possible. But hey, it's, it, I mean, it, honestly, it's, it's a nice accomplishment. You know, any team that wins the the Club World Cup, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a nice interesting tournament. Um, I like the the idea of it. When Barcelona won it in the past, I was very proud that Barcelona won mm-hmm. it in the past, and I think I think Real Madrid fans should be proud. Honestly, it's 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 a great yeah. competition. Um, you know, when anyone who wins it should be proud. It is, yeah, because if it's the Club World Cup, it's the best clubs in the entire world uh, competing against well, each other. So well, pretty good. It's, it's the top clubs from every country. So it's like. Yes. Yeah. 
it, yeah. It's it's a it's it's an interesting competition, but you know it is. It's different. It's it's very different than Champions League, Europa League, because um, mm-hmm. you get teams from you know Australia, Japan, China, you know, right. A lot of the you know Asian countries, the you know South American countries, North American countries, Africa. It's like mm. everybody coming together. It's it, it's it. I like the idea, honestly. I don't think it's. I don't think you're seeing as top line of football as you're seeing in you know the Champions League, the Europa League. But you know, like I said, it, it's a cool competition. It, it is for sure. Yes, definitely. Yeah, not at the not at the height of like a World Cup or a Champions League. Uh, but it's still a fun. It's still a very fun competition. I think it's one players definitely would look forward to because then you yeah. can officially be crowned the best club in the world. Yeah. Um, quote unquote, based yeah. on that cup. So definitely, yes. Definitely. Well, well done for Madrid. Uh, let's. Do you want to go over to France in Ligue 1? What happens yes. oh, with PSG, gosh. Paul? What's I going do, on? I don't know, Andy. And here's the thing. Uh, you know, my biggest gripe with PSG this year has been their defense, and they proceeded to give up five goals this past week and only scored two. And it's just it. Their their defense isn't all there. Like we talked about last week, their their midfield is just no one's gelling defensively and in the midfield. I think up front, Messi and Neymar, they're always going to find ways to impact the game. But I just they're just they're not one of the top teams in Europe right now. They're just yeah. not. And the fact that they're missing their their talisman Mbappe, someone who can come on and you know change a game single handedly. They they're coming up against Bayern this week and they're going to struggle, you know, and mm-hmm. honestly, they might they might get in a situation where they go down too much to be able to come back in the second leg. Like th- I could easily yeah. see uh, PSG losing three, four nil or three, four one. Yeah, no, it's looking like it because, I mean, if they lost already, t- they lost a French Cup to Marseille mm-hmm. and then they followed that up again. Uh, with a loss to Monaco, and Monaco is one of the top teams in France, so they are Champions League quality opposition. That's not looking good, and they lost even last week before then, or stumbled last week. So you don't want this form going into the Champions League, going up against uh, the perennials of Bayern, the Bundesliga, which, by the way, they continued to win, and a little side for Bundesliga, Byron Dortmund continued their winning ways and an impressive Union Berlin performance against uh number five Leipzig in yep. um Bundesliga. So <laughs> Andy you, You've got to inform yeah, what's up? <laughs> I was just gonna say I saw a funny meme on Twitter this week and mm-hmm. it was a screenshot from a Mr. Bean skit where he's sitting next to someone and he's looking at their paper like copying answers uh-huh. and the the logo over Mr. Bean was Union Berlin's logo, and the logo over the guy he was copying off of was Leicester City's logo. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just man, cracked up. It was I, so good. I love memes like that, man. Yeah. I love it. They're they're so basic, but that's yeah. what makes it so beautiful. I love that. Oh my oh, god, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. So yeah, honestly, I'm rooting for Union Berlin. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I've never been a big Bayern Munich fan just because they have seemed to rival Barcelona, uh, especially in recent years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the underdog story. I loved watching Leicester City win the Premier League in 2016. I thought yeah. it was one of the coolest moments of the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah. So just those little clubs that end up winning the league, I just I love yeah. it. I love well, that's it. why... 
that's why you watch soccer because I think soccer yeah. now has, and we can get into a philosophical debate on this at another another podcast uh, episode. But I think they're the reason what or what makes soccer so great is that because it's such a cutthroat competition, if any team slips up, any number of teams slips up at the top, you can have a mid table to lower mid table team get on a hot streak yeah. and continue that. Um, and go on to win, go on to win it in a year. And it's yeah. honestly just like any given, any given year, you never know what can happen. So yeah, really, really great to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving over into Serie A, unless you want to talk more about PSG and their, and their nope. suckiness. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. We're good. We'll get into them a little bit more at the end of the episode. Okay. Perfect. I think I know what that means, but I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited to, to hear what it is. Um, yeah. yep. Going over to Serie A. Uh, honestly, not much to talk about here. Napoli crush, uh, quash Cremonese and Inter decide that they don't really want to compete, uh, for the title, uh, as they drew against Sampdoria, uh, and drop points there. So I think that makes it 15 points that Napoli is ahead now. Jeez, uh, I'm mistaken, oh, but it's, it's, it's a big chunk of change. Um, so this is definitely, this is coming to the south of Italy, which I am happy for as a person of southern Italian descent, nice. uh, representing the region. Um, so is it, is it time cruising. to warm up the bus as, instead of parking the bus like they normally do in Serie A? Yeah, you know, it might be it might be time to get it revved up a little bit, a little bit. Let's say put the keys in the ignition. Okay. Let's put the keys in the ignition so we can decide if we want to park or if we want to uh, have it stall for a bit. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Uh, Premier League, Andy. Yeah. We have some great soccer coming up. I mean, the we fact do. that we have Manchester United Arsenal coming up, you know, with or Manchester City Arsenal. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, Manchester City Arsenal. Um, I got you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would have just rolled with that and I would have been like, huh, what? <laughs> it's like, um, we've covered it on the, the podcast twice, Paul. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. No, Man City Arsenal coming up this week. Uh, saw another funny meme of a pit bull behind a chihuahua and the pit bull was mm-hmm. Man City and the chihuahua was Arsenal and the chihuahua right. was looking very frightened. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, as it's, it, they it, should. This is the game, nut up or shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Arsenal's time to silence all the haters. If they lose, I think they lose. I, th- I think Andy, if if Arsenal lose to Man City this week, I think they lose the league. I do. Yes. And 100%. honestly, I think if Arsenal beat Man City this week, I think they win the league. This is the these huh. sw- these swing games because Arsenal Man City played twice more this year. These two swing games, the head to head matchups, which are six point swings each, mm-hmm. potentially, right? Yeah. These are the games that are going to decide who wins the league, in my opinion. I think Manchester United has moved up in the third. Congratulations to you guys, absolutely. But I don't yeah. I don't think Manchester United is just quite good enough this year to win the league, personally. I, I do agree. I think there's – obviously, I think there's potential. It would be great to hope. And, like, we're at a spot where we can hope. But I think we're also realistic based on the draw against Leeds that it's like we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking Arsenal are – also not there yet because I'm seeing them starting to drop points. As we said, like at the second half of the season, can you recreate your magic after the first half of the season? Um, and now they're going up against a lot tougher opposition. City are still finding their way in the midst of, um, all the, uh, oh, geez, what's coming up from the out, al- not allegations, but, um, accusations from the Premier League. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, from the Premier League, they're still finding ways to win. 
Um, and yeah, this is exactly the matchup that Manchester City wants. That they're quote unquote the underdog a bit going into against Arsenal with all the haters or whatever of Manchester City, whatever. I don't know what they're specifically talking about, but yeah, this is what Manchester City live for. And they have so much experience in these kind of games. Think about all the games that they've had against Liverpool where those games would end up deciding the title yeah. just because of how, how that would go down. So this is, these are the title games, which is exciting to say and exciting to see a real title race for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exciting stuff. Uh, honestly, our episode next week is probably going to be like an hour and a half long trying to, <laughs> trying to cover everything that happened. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Cause we'll have, we'll have that. We'll have the real start of our show, which is, uh, Barcelona against Manchester United and then yep. breaking, both bringing that down and, uh, discussing the future implications of what we think will happen. So yep. yeah, get ready for a long one next one. Uh, but yep. that's, uh, most of this podcast right now, uh, cause we really do want to get into for us, which is honestly was one of the best things that happened earlier in the year when we found out about the draw for, uh, Europa <laughs> League, where it seemed like everything was aligning for us to have this podcast where in the Europa League, we have now two ascending sleeping giants of Barcelona and United facing off in the yeah. Champions League. AKA the Europa yeah, League. Champions League. That's, um, good. That's good. Which is perfect for where our clubs have been at and how, where we aspire to be in the future. So this is, could not be more excited that this game is happening because this is really going to be a test for both of our clubs to see really how good are we? Like, can we take those next steps to be contenders and giants and reignite the rivalry that we had back in the, uh, 2010s, early or late yeah. 2000s, early 2010s. Yeah. Well, should we, without further ado, should we should we dive right in head first? Let's let's dive in, Paul. Yes. Right. Give us give give the listeners a lowdown of what we're getting ourselves into for Thursday. Well, you kind of hit on it just now about. There's a lot of history between the two clubs facing off in Champions League finals in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, Visca Barça because Barça won both those games. Um, <laughs> Don't forget that semifinal with Paul Scholes' rocket shot to knock you on the okay. semifinals at Old Trafford. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was just talking about the finals, but yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, um, no, and honestly, I like you said, two of the sleeping giants. Honestly. Other than probably Arsenal, Manchester United is the hottest team in the Premier League right now, and Barcelona is the hottest team in La Liga. You know, two of the mm-hmm. hottest teams in Europe in their respective leagues. Barcelona have struggled outside of La Liga, outside of Spain competition. They struggled in the Champions League. So, you know, it, it, there are a lot of big storylines here, you know, one of the ones that I think we'll get into is Marcus Rashford has been insanely hot. He's mm-hmm. been on form. Um, Barcelona's kind of playing, well, they're playing their style, but are in years past, Andy, you were always looking at Barcelona and they were scoring goals, right? Messi, Neymar, yeah. Suarez, you know, Thierry Henry, Eto, whoever, take your pick. Rakitic, mm-hmm. um, when he was in his, his prime, you know, like there were just goals aplenty, but Barcelona mm. lately, as we've talked about in weeks past, have 
kind of become honestly they've become like Argentina did in the Copa America in 2021 and in the World Cup recently where yeah. they get their goal and then they just squeeze the life out of you. Yeah. With great defense and possessing the ball. And that's been Barcelona's MO. I mean Barcelona is unbeaten in their last 15 games, Andy. Mm-hmm. Like Barcelona have not lost since October 26th against Bayern in incredible yeah in it's an incredible run it's it's honestly it an is. incredible run it is and if you you know they've won 10 or 11 in a row uh the last time they didn't win was december 31st so they haven't lost this year and mm. it's just it, it's it's an amazing run of form and it is and eventually it will come to an end but like i just mentioned barcelona is playing very different from what a lot of the fans are used to but i kind of i i like it i mean it's it's different but they're mm-hmm. playing chubby ball they are yeah and it's it's really great to see ronald araujo and andres christensen are two of the best center backs like that duo is one of the best duos in in europe right now it is and it's they're playing great together their communication is great they're passing the ball well kunde and araujo on the right side of barcelona's defense are giving teams fits attacking down the left side which like we've talked about in the past is where teams have been wanting to attack lately just in general in football right you have Mm -hmm. Vinicius Jr. in Real Madrid you have Mbappe for PSG you have Marcus Rashford Marcus Rashford plays typically on the left correct he usually does yes um now with Sancho coming in he's Still on the left, and then they have Sancho on the right, but we're we're a more left dominant team attacking yeah. wise in yeah. general. But yes, so honestly, in Barcelona, like we've mentioned, ha- don't have a true right back, but the the Kunde Araujo combination on the right side of their fence have just they've locked teams down. They really have, and mm-hmm. other the teams have had to find ways around that. They've had to do more attacking on the right side, where Barcelona is a little bit younger or slower, um, with Jordi Alba being a little bit older or um, Alejandro Balde being inexperienced and young so but that's the thing is i don't feel i don't feel like teams attack down the right side as much as they do down the left and it's just Mm. it's it's really interesting to look at football that way right now but honestly andy this game's at the camp new i have i have my thoughts i have my feelings but i want to hear your thoughts on manchester united and what you think based on their current run of form how they're going to match up with barcelona yeah this is this is it's a very good question because obviously we have a full a full strength team in terms of we've gotten all the players that we have or that we acquired from our transfer window. So that means Casemiro, we have everyone pretty much fully fit and ready besides Anthony Martial, um, who have played this Ten Hag style. And for us, what's so interesting and what's so exciting about being a United fan leading into this is really seeing where we started last year. Last year, we were in a complete nadir. We had horrible results against teams, getting smacked around by a Crystal Palace team, having City kind of come into play against us, and like not even feel like they had to try. They just mm-hmm. would pass it, got their goal, and would just pass it around us, not have to worry about it. See a slumping uh, Liverpool team just kind of remind, just remind us of like how like given where they're at that they don't even have to play a particular style they don't have to like go and have a game plan against us and have like a tactical genius against us they're like we didn't know exactly what your problems are defensively 
And we're just going to exploit it because you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And we're just going yeah. to put you in your place. Um, coming from there, coming from reports of people unhappy in the dressing room, talking about how uh, they didn't respect their coaches, um, how people were complaining that it was too dark uh, when they went home at night uh, from practice and how ridiculous that was. Like reports like that where it's just so clueless from a player to say that yeah. um, and just having a complete disconnect from the club, especially after Ali Gunnar Solskjaer left where, you know, that was the United legend trying his best, seeing fans go against him because Ronaldo was there and Ronaldo apparently was pointing the finger at Ali uh, proverbially right. from his Instagram he pointed um, the finger at everybody, including Ten Hag. That's why he's out. Oh, ex- exactly. Exactly. So all of that and have that whole circus of everything, just all the circus of last year seeing where we're at, where coming into this year, we did not expect to be where we are currently at, um, is telling. Because one, is just telling of how good Ten Hag is and also telling of how kind of how talented our players really were and how much they really weren't living to their potential under our other coaches, uh, under, um, I don't even remember his name now, the German, uh, or no, sorry, he's not the Austrian head coach. Um, I can't even remember his name right now. Um, cause that's how much of an impact he left. Um, <laughs> Ralph Ragnick, that's his name. I'm okay. sorry. Ralph Ragnick. Um, and going through this whole carousel and talking about the Glazers and everybody. And now we are finally at a spot where one, the Glazers are leaving which is great, but there's other problems with with that, um, which will be explained at another time. But Glazers are leaving, so there's hope with the United fan base that this team can take off. And from both like what we have been talking about with our respective teams, Paul, is that we are both teams in the making. Like We are not yeah. our finished article. We don't have yeah. all of our pieces that we want to say, okay, we are now a team, and we're going to compete for the next three years to win everything. Yeah, We're not at that stage. We're in the spot to compete, but we're not the spot to be like, okay, we bet that we're going to win every single competition. We uh, go in this year and then hopefully get more silverware. So this is exciting for us. And to kind of answer your question of what we're most looking forward to in this matchup, I am really, really curious to see about our defenses because Mm -hmm. we have a good, we have a more balanced midfield now in our, in our attack or more balanced midfield in our attack to defense. And we have a more solidified back four. We know who our best back four is. Um, and Lissandro Martinez and Rafael Varane are a great, great partnership. They understand each other. They know when to drop off. They can pass from the back. Um, they are so excited to see. I love seeing Lissandro Martinez play. Oh my God. I wish I could be him. Um, but I'm looking forward to really seeing how those match up because now our offense is kind of happening, but uh, we have a very informed Marcus Rashford, as you had mentioned, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how defensively we're going to try to neutralize, neutralize each other and seeing who's going to be the first team to break uh, because yeah. we're both playing very good defense, very solid, compact, uh, like dogged defenses. Some One team's got to break. And I don't know who that's going to be, but that's what I'm going to be looking forward to the most. What yeah. about you? Well, the thing that I'm looking forward to, Andy, honestly, is the fact that Manchester United have two former Real Madrid players with Varane and Casemiro, mm-hmm. right? So is 
is that advantage Manchester United or is that advantage Barcelona? You know, mm-hmm. I think Xavi knows Casemiro's game extremely well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Casemiro knows Xavi's style of football as well as Xavi knows Casemiro's style, right? Because Xavi has played against Casemiro. Um, Xavi has coached against Casemiro. So he is, he is well experienced. He is well versed in Casemiro style because in my opinion, Andy, as we've, as you've kind of mentioned, as Casemiro goes, Manchester United goes, right? Yeah. I would say he is, he is our, one of our most influential players. Yeah. And I think he had some market difference when he is playing and when he isn't. Yeah. So that is, that is a good point. I, and, I do agree with that point. Yeah. And my, my thoughts are the, you were talking about the defenses. To me, it's, it comes down to the midfields. Mm-hmm. The, whoever bosses the midfield is going to win this game. Manchester, for Manchester United to win this game, Manchester United has to take control of the midfield and play these darting through balls behind the back four because Barcelona is extremely good at defending Balls off of set pieces, balls kind of going over the top, kind of those longer through mm-hmm. balls, those lob through balls over the top. I think where Barcelona struggles defensively is when the midfield breaks down and the opposing team plays those those darting through balls to guys running behind the defense. Yeah. And Barcelona in their in their current win streak has absolutely dominated the midfield. They did that against Real Madrid in the Supercopa final. And they've done that to every other team that they've played so far this calendar year where they, they play this four midfield or four, four midfield player style. Mm -hmm. And they just squeeze the life out of the other, the opposing team's midfield and don't give the midfield any time to breathe on the ball. So that'll be, that's my key matchup. And since the game is at the Camp Nou, I think Barcelona wins this game because Barcelona at home this year outside of the Champions League has been mm. like virtually unbeatable. Yeah, the reason I agree with you that it's more looking like a Barcelona victory is that United have historically struggled to play in Spain. Yeah. Um, we've struggled against Spanish opposition historically, and we've also just struggled to play when we have been in Spain, except for when we went to the Camp Nou uh, in 1999. Uh, to win our first, uh, Champions League, which was our second or th- second, uh, Europa, our European Cup. Um, mm-hmm. but besides that, that was supposed to be a neutral ground. This is different where it is home, home turf. Yeah. Yeah. Like they say, for all good games, it comes down to the midfield. I think it is really about coaching matchups. I think this is going to be a big tactical, tactical battle because yeah. one thing that, I think Ten Hag has wanted to do is he wanted to wants to play more through the middle, mm-hmm. which is kind of to um, United's favor in this, as you're saying, with people that are making those runs from like from the midfield, not necessarily in transition, but playing yeah. through the middle, trying to find and stretch a defense in that way. Yeah, I think that's the way United's wanted to play, and I think we have now the talent to do. I would say our front three. Comparative, comparing front three of United versus front three of Barcelona, I'm going to pick the front three of United with how I mean, good Marcus Rashford's doing. Sancho I, coming back is looking strong. Like he hasn't played in like months, but he's coming back and he's incisive. Alejandro Garnacho, like he has incredible pace and he is getting a ruthless streak in front of goal. 
So I would say in terms of if, uh, if something falls to one of those forwards, I think we're more likely to score from them than I think Barca maybe is scoring from their forwards. I don't yeah, know. That's I mean, I, a tough one. I agree just because Dembele is hurt. Honestly, Dembele before getting hurt was on one of his best runs as a Barcelona player. Mm-hmm. And Lewandowski, Lewandowski is an absolute wild card. I love him. He, mm-hmm. he just pops up at the best moments and finds ways to score in big moments, in big games. So, but Barcelona is playing with a striker, a right winger who's still trying to find his way and a left midfielder playing the left, that left winger role. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Andy. When Barcelona play this style, Pedri and or Gavi score. And that's yeah. the best thing is they, they might be midfielders, but they score. Yeah. You know, Pedri scored again yesterday. You know, Gavi found the back of the net once or twice in the Supercopa final. Like, mm-hmm. they find ways to score. And when you're saying that Ten Hag wants to play through the middle, it, to beat Barcelona in the style that they play, you have to have five perfect one-touch passes in a row to get to the back line and have a cha- have an attacking opportunity. Yeah. And, and for for that, I do think we have that. I think we've actually been seeing that in the couple goals that have been happening leading up to this game. Like if you see one of the goals, I think against Leeds, or just recently against Leeds, seeing the one touch that's happening at the edge of the opponent's uh, 16-yard box, we're seeing that develop. We're seeing those connections finally click um, and Ten Hag's like attacking pre- or attacking tendencies, attacking tactics, attacking plays. I think we're starting to see that. So I don't know if it's enough to necessarily necessarily say with confidence we can beat Barcelona in that way, but I think we're definitely showing signs that like we are capable of being able to do that. Whether or not we can do that, I think is very interesting because yeah. our midfield is not our midfield hasn't clicked yet because. Although we have Casemiro, we are missing um, Ericsson and uh, I would say Marcel um, Sabitzer. I've liked what I've seen with him so far since his introduction. He's played, I think, two or three games now. That's not enough to get fully involved to then go on in Barcelona and really show your best stuff. Yeah, I and think you- he's capable, but it's... It's in more imbalanced than I would say Barcelona's midfield is, and that's right. going to be that's a that's a tricky matchup there. It is, and I think you have to be on your best playing Barcelona right now. You do because mm-hmm. you know Barca. <laughs> if you don't, like I said, if you don't control the midfield, if you're not able to pass out of the back, like Manchester United has struggled with that. You know. Mm-hmm. They have, and Barcelona really makes sure that you're able to pass the ball out of the back, and if. If Manchester United play around with the ball at the back and turn the ball over, Barcelona's going to have chances. If they give the ball to De Gea and he just has to boot it long, Barcelona have shown that they either get win that first ball or they've been amazing at winning the second ball. So yeah. that's the thing is is Manchester United has to be on top of their game against Barcelona and they have to be able to play those those one touch passes and play out of pressure. Which yeah. I I you know I don't know about you I haven't watched as much Manchester United as you have obviously, but I. I've seen Manchester United struggle with that at times. I've seen them struggle with recently. I've just seen them struggle with going up against teams that apply a great amount of pressure at them. Yeah. I don't think that they're fully capable again against Leeds. 
it's kind of a or I don't know. With against leads, there's a little bit of rotation there. It's a little bit hard to say. I would say like it's just we're not there yet in terms of that passing ability, but we've definitely seen more this season than we have previous seasons. So I'm saying there's improvement. Yeah. I don't know how much improvement there is. What I will say is what United always have and always kind of will have, I think, even if we're playing well, not playing well, is on the break. Um, so this is if, like, if Barcelona turned the ball over mm-hmm. um, and they've committed more numbers forward. Like you said, if there's attacking down the right-hand side, if ball gets to Luke Shaw and he's able to find a darting Marcus Rashford, he's able to see a Sancho, he's able to see Bruno Fernandez to make that uh, to make that happen. There's a real good connection combination there, Alejandro Garnacho. Any of them, they have blistering pace. And if Barcelona commit maybe one or two numbers too much forward, it's only going to take one pass, I think, from if it's Luke Shaw, if it's um, uh, Bruno Fernandez. Uh, even Marcel Sabitzer has a long pass in his locker that he can make um, out of pressure. If they're able to do that, I think they can they can nick a goal against the run of play. I can definitely see United getting a goal against the run of play um, in in that sense. So I think that's one thing that Barcelona will definitely have to worry about uh, in that sense because we have yeah. so much speed and they're going to have to respect that at some level. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So All right. it's going to be a great what's, matchup. What, oh, my God. What's your, what's your prediction, Andy? I've got mine. Is it prediction of what I think is going to happen or what I would really like to happen but we, trying to be we as, all know, as We all know what you want to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, what I wa- so what I want to happen is I want United to win 2-0. What I would like to happen is that it's a tie because yeah. I think it's – reflective of where both teams are at right now so then we yeah. can win at Old Trafford. Where I see it going right now is I think I think it'll be um, you know, I'm going to stick with a draw. I'm going to stick with a 1-1 draw. Okay. Barcelona gets the first goal. United are able to get a second goal and tie it out and head into Old Trafford to see what happens. That's okay. my that's my prediction. Okay. Um I can I can see it going Barcelona's way, but I would say like going off against a rivalry, still on high, then going up to Barcelona, that's a crescendo game. The way we're playing with uh Rashford, I think he's gonna find he he can still find a way. Um yeah, I'm gonna put it down to that. Okay. I'm I'm going two one Barcelona. Um, I think Barcelona has the chance to break the game wide open. If Barcelona plays like they, um, how they played against Real Madrid in the Super Copa final, mm-hmm. I think Barcelona could score three or four. Will they? I don't think so. But could yeah. they? Yeah. I think Barcelona in this week's matchup has more of a potential to score multiple goals than, than Manchester United do. Just because it's at the Camp Nou. And Barcelona at the Camp Nou so far this year has been almost unbeatable. I so. I I agree with I agree with that to an extent. I do think that this United team isn't going to necessarily give up at this moment. I can't see it giving up multiple goals, both given how Barcelona have been putting together goals and their attacking potency. I haven't necessarily seen that yet, and I think we are a very different balanced team than Real Madrid. I don't think yeah. Real Madrid is the most balanced team, and I think United are. A, better balanced team um so 
that's that's where my take that's where my i guess hot take would be so so we agree to disagree but I, let's let's see how yeah. the teams uh face yeah. off this week well let's let's first hear from our listeners subscribers what they think is going to be after this after this week um yeah. or at this week get us your score predictions we're going to post also on instagram uh, another poll uh to hear what you all think i think last time the poll went out they were favoring a Barcelona win substantially. So wow. I'd love to see nice. some more love for United, honestly. How did, but, how did I miss that poll? I'm, I'm subscribed. Bro. I follow, I follow on Instagram. Max, how did I miss that? You gotta, you gotta maximize that impact. It was on the story. I don't know how I missed it. I missed it though. I, Oops. I don't know. I don't, I don't know either, but you yeah. know, Paul, I don't know if you're putting in enough uh, effort into this podcast now. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> it, probably I'm not. Kidding. Probably not. Uh, Andy, let's, let's, uh, transition into our favorite segments. At least it's my favorite segment, the super subs and the super mm-hmm. duds. Who were oh, your super yes. subs and duds? So I, do you want super sub and super dud? I want or both. You, I want okay, both. You want both right, you want both right now? Right now. Okay. All right. So super sub, I gotta give it back to Alejandro Garnacho, uh, against Leeds. You gotta see his run, Paul. Because he just makes, I want to say the right back for Leeds was ailing at this time. His last name is A-Y-L-I-N-G, not that he was ailing. But honestly, Garnacho makes him look I like thought, he's ill. I thought he was ailing, like he was, he like had pulled a hammy or something. Right, yeah. Well, like honestly, just watch the, watch this video and, or okay. watch Garnacho's run and it looks like he actually is ailing. Okay. Because, uh, I think Fred wins the ball high up the pitch. Pumps it out to Garnacho and Garnacho just runs and he runs like a madman when he's going by. He honestly looks like he's going to like come up and like slash your throat. Like he's just running with that ferocity. Um, and to see him take his, take the ball down, I think he takes it like within three touches and just makes a grown man look silly. Uh, completely gets past him. Um, gets one on one with the keeper, uh, from an angle. So he's coming in from the left, attacking towards the center looks to his far right to get to the far, his far right post, puts it in, banks it off the left uh, goal post into the back of the net. It's the most powerful, one of the most powerful moves in soccer that I've seen. It honestly looks like a punch in the face. Like that's, if I could describe how that soccer goal looked, it's a punch in the face. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So super sub of the week. Super dud of the week, I'm going to give to Weston McKinney. This is because I found a video of him talking to his Juventus teammates. And hear me out on this, Paul. Okay, so I'm listening. Weston McKinney is an American coming into Juventus to play in Italy. One thing I found from this video I saw, again, I don't know the full context of this video, but here's what I saw. First, I saw Weston McKinney speaking English to uh, Giorgio Chiellini. Uh, I think Gigi Buffon was still there. And not, not Barzagli or Barzagli. Um, maybe Bonucci. I think it was Bonucci. Uh, they're sitting at a table. And they're talking about food. And Weston, one thing is Weston McKinney speaking English. And one of the things that just gets me so upset is when if you're an American or someone coming into another country, please learn to speak their language that yeah. you're staying at. 
please. Like, yeah. don't assume that just because you're American and that everyone should know English. I yeah. think that's just very, it's very rude in my opinion. And it's why Europeans don't like Americans. And I understand why yeah. <laughs> because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, so one, most of them get better at learning another language. If all these other players can do it, you can do it as well. Yeah. Um, if Rafael Varane can know three languages, you can learn one other one. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one. The second one, which is the most egregious in my opinion, is that he started talking about pizza. Obviously, oh, there's a no. common connection. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, no. you know where this is going. I you know, know where this, this is going. going. Oh, no. So Weston McKinney, he is from Texas, starts talking about pizza. And what he mentions to them that he recommends that the Italians try is that they should try ranch on their pizza. Oh, no. And yes, being Paul. From the mid, being from the Midwest, ranch on pizza is low-key good. But not yeah. Italian pizza. That, right. This is American this pizza. Is, this is the difference, Paul. This yep. is the actual difference. You yep. can't see me right now, but I have my hands <laughs> folded in a prayer like an Italian would be speaking right now. That's how animated I am about this. Oh, my gosh. Because on comparing American pizzas to Italian pizzas is so vastly different. Yeah. So vastly different. But to – so him saying that, him making that comparison is just completely wrong because he hasn't had Italian pizza and how – perfect and beautiful Italian pizza is. You do not need to put anything on that pizza. No. And no. he keeps saying like, oh, no, dudes, you should try this. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. analogy I want to give to my fa the listeners is that putting ranch on Italian pizza would be like putting a swastika on the American flag. That's oh how gosh. egregious it's, that is. It's, it's, it's like Weston McKinney dipped the pizza in ranch and went mm -hmm. up to Buffon and slapped him across the face with it. Yes. That's what that is like. Yes. And all, like, uh, I think it was um, uh, Chiellini is just, like, speaking of Italian, it's like, it's like, what is yeah. he saying? Like, it doesn't make sense because he's no. like, no, you just put olive oil on it. Like, oh, my God. So, like, yeah. that is a super oh dud. So yes, to see I him, agree. Yeah. So to see him lose um, to United was very pleasing to me. Um, <laughs> not trying to hate on Americans all the time, but Weston McKinney, you deserve it for your opinions on pizza. I'm just <laughs> put that out there. You deserved it. Paul, well, we should have, we should have ended with you. That was way better than mine. Oh man, that's, a, that's okay. I got way too worked up on that. I went that on a great. six minute tirade, dude. <laughs> that was great. We could end, on a, end on a good note uh, with your super sub and super dud of the week. Well, my super sub goes to the former former Barcelona man, Memphis Depay, who recently moved to Atletico Madrid. He came on in the 61st, 61st minute, and in that time after he came on, one of his Atletico teammates got a red card. They go down to 10 men. They're playing basically not necessarily a must-win game, but kind of a must-win game to keep their Champions League hopes alive for next season. Mm -hmm. And he ends up scoring in the 89th minute. Game winner, oh, wow. one nil, Atletico Madrid, and basically keeps Atletico Madrid's season alive. So, yeah, that's fantastic, especially for Memphis Depay. He's been kind of derided throughout his career. Yeah. Um. So it's really good to see him get some get some stardom uh, yeah. from his from his high hopes uh, for the Dutch Netherlands team. Yes. And then my my super dud of the week. It goes to the PSG squad as a whole. I mean, dropping uh -huh. three games in a row. I just – I don't know what they're doing, Andy. They just uh, – I just – yeah, that, that's that's all I have to say on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. yeah. Yes. Are they like 
They're actually trying to choke. It's kind of like that they ate Weston McKinney's pizza. <laughs> it sounds like that's what they did. Yes. Yes, like, they're, they're choking. We're going to see if somehow they can right the ship against Bayern this week. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going down. I think they're, they're going to be bounced. I think Messi's leaving at the end of the season, and I think Mbappe might leave too. So yeah, I think who knows? Yeah, I think they're going to go. I just, the idea of PSG just saying, screw it, we'll take on financial fair play after we try to win a Champions League and not be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be, going to be sad, but you know, yeah, reap what you sow. Yep. Yep. So any case, well guys, thank you for a great podcast. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for, um, turning down the volume to hear my tirade for the past uh, six minutes. Um, against Wes McKinney as pizza, but really appreciate mm. your guys' time today. Uh, yes, please get involved in social media with our polls. Uh, really curious to hear what your thoughts are and get engaged, uh, heading into, uh, the big matchup for the super subs. But in the meantime, I have been Andy. Paul has been Paul and I will wish you a big old bye. bye.